Ben Simmons and James Harden officially introduced themselves to their new clubs, and gosh darn it, we have takeaways coming up right after the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, it's the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Norrie, owner-operator, DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings. FanDuel, DraftKings, if you need fantasy projections, he's your guy. I'm Adam Marbrecht, breaking it down in the offseason for the New York Football Giants on the One Giant Podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day, free on all those great platforms. And Doug, it's time to officially introduce the two superstars that swapped positions in Philadelphia and Brooklyn, some takeaways from it, and ultimately, as we'll get into a little rotation conversation and some things around the deadline that could have happened uh, for Brooklyn, it just sounds like James Harden is still trying to explain something that nobody really is asking for answers on. (laughs) Well, I'm dying already because so Harden and Simmons did press conferences today. Uh, not at the same time, but they might as well have been. And I just same spot, say, side by side, what, microphones just, next to each other. Like, what a thank you to James Harden because we're gonna go through some of the quotes. He made it so easy to not like him out the door here. That like, there's any doubt that you had as a Nets fan about whether or not you were gonna wring your hands about the Harden trade and whether the Nets should have pulled it off. Rest assured, James Harden made it so that you will not have to worry anymore. Like, even if you were on the fence about whether you wanted Harden back in the building and you think that's got bent over on the on the trade or whatever it was going to be or he played you, the quotes that came out of him from Philadelphia were like, okay, see ya. <laughs> like, it's it's really pretty hilarious. Like, almost like it's scripted. Like, it's a WWE show where you just are forced to, like, start, start like, disliking a guy. You're like, oh, that's the bad guy now. I can tell from the interview. I can Here tell from the, the interview. I can tell, yeah. I can tell from the interview, you're the heel now. Okay, it's just, I figured it out. That's what these quotes are like because, like, they're so hilarious. And I don't even think they're that endearing to Philly because they're so they're so contrived <laughs> to me. But, like, anyway, we'll go through them. But did you get that sense from Harden? I was like, oh, man, if there was any question about whether or not the Nets should, or if they did the right thing here, it's like, he laid that to rest. See you later. Enjoy Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to lay out a handful of these. And by the way, the precursor <laughs> to it was Kyrie Irving asked about it. Say, hey, he's got to do what he's got to do. I hope that he's happy. Everyone needs to do what works best for him. Kevin Durant talks about all the players you have in, looking to move forward. James Harden doesn't have to, doesn't owe anyone an explanation, me or otherwise. Like, sure. everybody top to bottom on the Brooklyn Nets side was like, it was what was best for Sean Marks even said, came together. He actually applauded James Harden. For coming to him, being honest and direct, even though it was all very understood that he hadn't done that, he was like, honest and direct, came to me, said it wasn't going to work, and we wish him nothing but the best. So everybody on the Brooklyn side was like, totally cool, and then James Harden was like, all right, I get it. <laughs> well, okay. Is I, this I will thing say, they, on, there friends? Was like a, there was a couple like well-timed well, uh, little little nuggets uh, that went on. That went Bruce on Brown, the... Blake Griffin, those are, yeah. uh, which by the way, are kind of the guys that are supposed to handle a little bit of that lift. They, they give you the undercurrent of what was going on. Uh, around that locker room and it, stuff, it, but by and large. It wasn't all copacetic on the way out of the door. There was some underlying subtext that like made it very much seem like a lot of these nets were not too too sad to see him go. And by the way, once he's gone, like what are you gonna do? Like you're not he's not walking back through the door. Couple quotes from the Harden presser uh as he was being introduced into Philadelphia. 
Um, I'll do the the <laughs> the least hilarious one first. Play the hits, which is which is um, he's well. He talks about he says originally when I was going through everything I was going through in Houston, Philly was my first choice. It just didn't happen. I mean, this stands in pretty stark contrast to what he said at the time um, mm-hmm. about wanting to come to Brooklyn. Uh, I can't fault him totally for this one because it's just like you're just trying to say the right thing at this point, right? It's like. Okay, we know that he and Daryl Morey clearly have ties. Um, whether or not uh, Tillman Fertitta didn't want to do the deal with Morey specifically because he didn't want to give like Morey any kind of lift, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not really sure about what all the little pieces that went around for it. Maybe it was his the Philly piece was his number one, and he's never going to say that when he comes to Brooklyn and say, man, it's nice to be here in Brooklyn. But right down that turnpike's looking pretty nice too. <laughs> Am I right? Like, I, I get why they have to say it. You also don't have to say anything. You can just say you're happy to be here now. <laughs> so sure. it's like it's a little that's why I find it a little weird to to rewrite history or to like, you know, cross off the thing that everyone already has the receipts about. Um because like there's no way. I mean, do you think that's true that that was always what he wanted to be or could he should he have just said maybe we shouldn't even debate what he said, but like there's like no way that's true, right? At the time, it was like so clear that Durant and Irving seemed like the answer. Well, here's what I here's what I think. Even even about where he is now in Philadelphia, and I'm like I don't want to go too you know heavy handed around it, but I think at the time he didn't want to be in Houston anymore. He wanted to go win a championship somewhere. So any number of places would have been viable for him to want to go to. Sure. When the opportunity came up in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, he said, "All right, here we go. There's two superstars. It won't be as hard for me. I'm going there. That's what I want." Now, whatever changed over the length of time that he was in Brooklyn, then he looks around and goes, well, where do I know somebody? I know that Maury's now in Philly. That's viable. They have a superstar. Maybe I want to go there. And that that is kind of his pattern of like looking around and being like, maybe this is better. I don't know. I'll see when I get there. And if it's not so good, maybe I don't want to be there. So there's there's actually a couple little footnotes after you go through his quotes um, about his transition down to Philly as well that um, gives you a chuckle anyway. So I don't know. I'm not you say you're not going to get inside his head there, but it's just it's, it's, it's also just weird. Like, why even bother? Like you say, I'm here now. I'm very excited to win a championship with the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, here's the more hilarious one, though. Um, He's talking about just, like, player empowerment and, you know, wanting to, like, you know, how superstars can sort of dictate their path in the NBA now. Um, And that's very clear. Like, that's not a James Harden thing. We've seen this from multiple people over the years now. Guys just, like, demanding out of situations. It's kind of what just happens now, honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. Kawhi, AD. Like, this is just what happens in the NBA. But Harden, which is fine. I I don't really actually care about that. Like, that's just the landscape of the NBA. It is what it is. And I actually don't really really have a, a, a really big problem with it. But this quote that came out next was really was pretty funny where he says we can, we meeting Philly can control our own destiny. I needed to be around guys that I want I know want to win and are willing to do whatever it takes to win. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I can't even squint to see this one because he was he was literally I, it's a, first of all, it's a direct pot shot of Kyrie. Like that's, a, I would yep. say, like that's almost no doubt that this is like this is a sub quote of like what he feels about the Kyrie Irving situation. Even if that's the case, like you can't even make that like you can't even subtext that around Kevin Durant because it, it go find a player in the NBA that wants to win and has one as much as Kevin Durant like has in his career when he's been healthy, right? Because you can't look across you can't look at Philadelphia and say they're going to do everything it takes to win. They've never won anything. <laughs> like they've literally not won a single thing. Like Embiid, they frankly, if anything, they choked. And now maybe you want to say it's Simmons's fault that they choked last season and they sent him up. 
You know, maybe they could. They were a basket away from taking out Toronto uh, in the year that Toronto won when Ka- uh, Kawhi hit the buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. Like they came cl- close, but you can't like honestly look around and say they're going to take whatever they. Danny Green won a championship. That's the whole list. Like I, no, no one else in this team has ever won a single thing. So I just think it's funny because you, if you want to find a guy who's won championships and will do whatever it takes to win, like Kevin Durant already is that dude. Finally, by the way. Kyrie has a championship too, but um, like, <laughs> like it's just such a hilarious Mills thing that has a championship as well. Yeah, it's just such a hilarious thing that it comes out of nowhere, and I guess you're just trying to make it seem like you like your your the guys you're with now. First thing that comes to mind when I think of Kevin Durant is lacks a competitive spirit. That's usually you know, and and then it goes to I don't know if he understands how to play basketball. I don't know if he's capable of winning a championship. And that's because I've never watched the sport. I, yeah, th- th- to your point again, these are all things that are looking backwards as opposed to looking forwards, which is feels like an issue that James Harden has. Like, you've already done it. You've accomplished it. There, you know, I, I will say in regards to the comments that are directed around the Kyrie circumstance, again, you can take issue with what the situation you came into and then the and then what came up around Kyrie and the mandate and everything else this season that that can be justifiable by the way though you could also come out and say everyone has to make their own decisions about what works for them personally or professionally and while i may have disagreed with some of them that that's all right i that 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 can be as much of a reason why i looked for this move as well and i'm glad that we're all you know we're all in a better place and you don't have to sing the praises of where you were coming from you can say talk for yourself i don't know if i necessarily agreed with all of it but i can respect it now i'm here and i have guys that want to be a part of this process going forward in philadelphia it just yep. again it's like he's trying to explain he's trying to explain an answer to a question that nobody asked him yeah. it, it very much That's is like hey let yep. me tell you something else and you're, everyone's like whoa buddy i just want to know you know, are you going to grab a cheesesteak on one of your off days? You're not going to play before the All-Star break, right? Like, all of these things are what the Philadelphia 76ers media, that's what they want to hear about, is how you're going to help their team win a championship. So, I, you know, it, again, it just strikes me as odd, and I, I, I won't overbelabor the point. He's explaining things that nobody wants to hear. In all, like I said, it makes it easy to um, not have to root for the guy on the way out. And I think actually, like I said at the beginning, where we said at the beginning, it just makes it easy to know that no, almost no matter what, how this plays out, like you're not going to go back and feel bad about this trade. I don't think like you have to keep these days in mind and like these quotes yeah. and like this stuff on, in mind later on when you're reevaluating the trade because it was just so obvious that it just wasn't going to work. Like the trade, him staying here wasn't going to work based on these quotes and the things that he said. Um, it just like there was just there was no salvaging the situation. So this is just the way it had to happen. And no matter what, how it plays out, we always have to keep this in mind about how because it's going to we can't rewrite the history without remembering this stuff. All right. We'll talk a little bit about Ben Simmons's first couple uh, first uh, presser coming in the door mm-hmm. here. At Philly, a little bit of a different tenor. Uh, definitely for this one. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at Prize Picks. NBA fans, if you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, you have to try Prize Picks. You're not putting those salary caps together. You're not trying to wiggle in, you know, a bunch of different players. You're not up against sharks with a thousand lineups. Prize Picks is just daily fantasy made easy. We love it. So will you? So easy to use. All you do is you pick two to five players and then over, under on a certain projection. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. You put that all together. You go over, under. It's just you versus the numbers. You can go up to 10x. That's 10 times on any entry. And like I said, it's just you versus the numbers, not you versus all those sharks in the water. Entries can be put in in just a 60 seconds or a minute. That's it's that easy. Price picks is safe. It offers super fast withdrawals. That's something that you don't even see every day in the industry. You can use the award-winning app in both the App Store and on Google Play. 
like I said, any NBA stat you want to get in there, bench players even too. So if you're real deep in the NBA knowledge, you can go over to Prize Picks. Know that you have the advantage. Maybe you want to mix sports up also. NBA, MLB, if these guys ever come back, you got some college basketball in there as well. You can put together players across multiple different sports. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. They're going to get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's super easy to do, but you must use the code NBA. That's right, exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Go check out prize picks today. Uh, and just one more footnote here before we get into Ben Simmons. This was the last little thing that I think, again, keep this day in mind too. When James Harden did not submit and get the paperwork on his opt-in extension with the 76ers filed in time, so he has not opted in to the extra year uh, next season with the 76ers. So he'll immediately go into negotiations on a contract extension this offseason, so whatever it was, the $47 million. Now he can, of course, make a contract that, that still fits those needs and whatever, but it was just like another comical footnote. More concerned about what you are or are not doing for yourself versus explaining things that went on in the background. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, got in front of, obviously, uh, the Brooklyn Nets media. He gave his introductory as well. And like you said, a little more bland kind of things here around uh, Ben Simmons. I'll run through a handful of them covered really well over on Twitter, as always, by, by Matt Brooks. Simmons said, got off the phone with Kevin Durant after the trade. It went down. Welcoming, excited were the, were the words that Simmons used for both him as well as uh, Kevin Durant. Said he did not speak with Joel Embiid following the trade. No love lost there between those two guys. And then also asked, and we'll take a, so a quick pause here to think ahead a little bit, asked if it would be possible for him to be available and ready for the March 10th a game which would be against the 76ers. I hope so. We'll get into just some of the other pieces around uh, mental health, where he was at, and what went wrong or how he came to needing a trade out of Philadelphia. But do you expect him to fairly quickly get on the court here for Brooklyn and start to ramp himself up, let's assume, after the All-Star break, obviously? Yeah, there's probably like a little bit of a tricky situation here with the mental health component. Um, even like I'm not, by the way, this isn't me saying like he doesn't have mental health issues. I'm not here to um, say that is the case or not. He says he does. So you have to t- you take that at his word. Um, you know, you know, you see some sort of pushback around the idea that if it was all mental health issues, then like and he you know was switching teams enough to you know overcome a lot of that stuff you know I've seen some pushback around that idea we don't know uh, and I think that probably does play a little bit into the optics of the situation again this is not me putting in a referendum about it like it just is what it is I would like to see him play as quickly as possible I do wonder if that is a piece of like how they're trying to operate here where it's like you didn't play forever under because you said you couldn't mental health wise Maybe the mental health was just tied to the situation. Like that's fair too, and like you're out of a bad situation that you couldn't operate in, and now you can operate. I'm I'm here. I'm fine to hear that. Also, I do wonder if like the physicality piece is less of a concern now as like the like this other component where he's going to end up heading to arbitration on like fines for not playing. Like that's like mm-hmm. that's going to be an issue for him that goes on for a long time with Philly because there was no money paid and there was fines levied for his lack of you know, you know, taking part in what the team deemed they thought necessary for him to get back on the court. Like that's a situation that's going to play out legally. I do wonder if that's like a little bit a part of the timeline and actually maybe even more than whatever the planned start date is. And in regards to that, asked when he was asked about 
what led to the mental health issues because he said he was dealing with a lot of things. He essentially said a bunch of things that piled up over the years and caused him to request a trade from Philadelphia. And then he, he said he referenced it as personal things. So in conjunction with we had mental health issues away from the court and then whatever was going on in Philadelphia with the team. But he said that it was personal things that he wasn't going to go into. And like you say, I'm not going to speculate around whether or not that's an easy gloss over. Or that maybe he had things going on, right? We've experienced this directly take away the mandate, the vaccine, or any of those things. Kyrie Irving has had time, personal time taken away from the team. Not that I want to put Nets fans into the mindset that Ben Simmons is someone who could need time away from basketball. But personal personal things that you're processing through can be just that. And Sean Marks' remarks around this as well were, we're here for him both as a basketball player and on the personal side. That's been the credo of the Brooklyn Nets organization, players first, since Sean Marks came in there. And I think that they've tried to stand by that as much as possible. And you can look at the Kyrie Irving situation in that regard as well. And the last little caveat around exiting Philly was, why or what went wrong? Why did things get so bad in Philly? Quote, if I knew, I would tell you everything. So, you know, I... It just sounds to me like the end of that there and what led to him being now in Brooklyn is that at the end of a very frustrating playoff game and series, an end of a season where he thought he could have gone deeper, could have been better. You have Joel Embiid, who's one of the best players in the league. He's frustrated, and he's been coming up short or small in his career. You've got Doc Rivers, who comes up short and arguably has that tag to him as a head coach as well, and they kind of get a little loose-lipped even if Ben Simmons was to blame for coming up small. And once that happened, like, all indications are, and then we just stopped talking to each other. <laughs> like, that was basically it. And and it was understood that this was never going to get right. And that seems to be all that I can take away from any of the little nuggets we got from Simmons here. And and by and large, he kept things pretty clean. He didn't, he didn't throw a lot of shade back at the 76ers and just spoke mostly highly about how excited he was for the opportunity now with Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, real quick. Doc Rivers does have a championship, but I know what you're saying because he has yeah. like a lot of just, like he has well documented losses in games that his yes. team was favored. So like it's I, I get what you're saying, and, and I'm with you on Embiid. Like he's a great player, but he's never won anything. So I get what Simmons is coming from. Look, this is this. As far as I'm concerned, play tomorrow. Like I don't care. Like I don't care about right. any of this. Like whatever you had to say to get out of the situation, you said it and you got out. Like I that's that that's just what happens here. Like I don't know. It's not different than the Harden situation, except that it just played out sort of differently in like how it was presented to everybody. I will say the Nets are a good situation. Now, for better or for worse, however you want to think about this situation, you know, the Nets are nothing if not they're one a very insular organization. Like stuff just does not really leak until it's over, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this is they've been really good about this. And they've been nothing but supportive of players. Kyrie's a perfect example. Like, there's a lot of there's Kyrie can be kind of from an organizational standpoint. Kyrie's probably like impossible at times, right? Sure. I, and so that's just the way it is. Like, we just have examples of. It. I love the guy. I want him to play every game. It's not that we just have examples of. He just doesn't do the, all the same exact things that regular NBA players do. It's fine. The Nets have been nothing but supportive, and so like you just have to look at the organization and say they do value the player like almost above all. And yeah, even that the things that probably maybe are at the detriment of them winning games at times, like they do seem to value the player more than more than others, or maybe not above all, but above more than most other teams you'll see would probably put in similar situations. I'll put it that way. So I think in terms of like Ben Simmons walking into a good situation, you have to think this is the ideal situation. And again, I'll I'll tell you, I said this like a while back when it first happened, based on how this Harden thing ended, no other situation for him 
was going to welcome him with his open arms to the Nets situation. No other trade that happened with Ben Simmons in the NBA, short of like him going for like two random role players and like some other team just like wanting to take a flyer on him. Like, and maybe not even that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because that other team probably sucks. The like the Nets, the the like the Nets, because the Harden thing ended so bad. It's actually like the perfect situation for him at least to start as like a good guy. Yeah, that would not have happened anywhere else. Like, this would not have happened in any other situation in the NBA where Nets fans are like, "Dude, bring it on! We love this guy already. He hasn't even done anything." So how it ends, yeah, I don't know. But how it would have been absolutely. Would have been, everything would have been focused on what happened when you were in Philadelphia. Is it going to happen here again? Did we give away like, too much? Like right, we shouldn't right. have given away all these guys. You're not worth this. Like well, all this stuff that could have come up in any other real trade that could have happened. Like it's just not happening at all in this situation because Harden just did such a great job of being the heel on the way out. So thank you, James Harden. Like he paved the way for for Simmons to have at least a positive beginning to this experience. Let's touch base on uh, the roster. We obviously saw a great debut from Seth Curry and from Andre Drummond. One little footnote also came out around the trade deadline and other moves that maybe Sean Marks was trying to make. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online because, oh my good gravy, do they have you covered? Even though football's over, we all know, those pesky Rams, uh, the basketball season is in full steam ahead, closing in on the playoffs. Everybody's vying for those positions. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, good Lord, that's a little dicey. <laughs> Let's try to give some people a chance here. Doc Rivers isn't getting fired yet. Let Harden get in there and ruin it first. BetOnline.net is going to be the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. It's, of course, BetOnline.net bringing you that source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds right down to Olympic coverage and all those information on uh, the skeleton run. Why not? Head over to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about about the trends and action bet online where the game starts. So the um the other things that come out around this year, a lot of fans were looking at the deadline and saying Sean Mark should have been quicker to execute this trade so that he could do supplemental moves. We know that they lost Bembry. Looks like he may be picking up with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks potentially. So there was, there was some speculation like, hey. What else could have happened here at the deadline? And I'll argue now, off of that one beautiful performance against the Kings, that I actually think, that I wanted to ask you real quick, there was speculation that maybe the Nets wanted Thibel or they wanted Maxi, and Philly was saying, those are untouchable, you can't possibly. Do you think that, that Sean Marks was maybe pulling one, like pulling a fast one on Maury, being like, I want these young kids, I want these studs, and Maury's like, no way, you can't have them. He goes, you know what? And I'll take these two veterans and some picks. Let's just call it a day. Let's not get crazy. Just give yeah. me the veteran sharpshooter and I'll move on. For, like, And I don't even mean that he pulled a fast one, but just that as a part of the negotiating tactics, you're willing to ask for everything and then kind of act like you've settled for what ends up being a really good package. Yeah, I think that like you always ask for the moon. These guys are all too smart. Like, no, you're not outsmarting any of these guys in a negotiation. Like, I don't think, right? Like, I, the best you can hope for for each of these guys is just kind of tie. <laughs> like, they all kind of get the situation. I'm not saying Call all Call the draw? Okay, it's a draw. I'm not saying all GMs are like this because there's be- definitely been some head scratchers out there. These just two sure. guys, these two dudes aren't those guys. Like, these guys, like, Maury won. Like, Maury won. He sat on Simmons and got James Harden out of it. Like when people yeah. wanted him to yeah. sell it off for, you know, spare parts or whatever. Like he got James Hart. Like that's a total win. Total win by by Maury. And so at that point, and then like, you know, and and Mar and Marks maybe knowing that the situation was worse than presented, like him 
they probably ask for everything. At some point, you know it's going to be a clear no. At that point, they probably have some kind of hierarchy. I think that like there's a situ- there's a world where Thibel is um, you know just as interesting a piece, it's just different, right? <laughs> like for the sure. for the Nets. So um, I I think that like if anything, I think it, the, the getting Drummond out of it was the, the, the kind of the weird win. And it's not even like I totally love Drummond. It's just so funny that he, it's so weird that he got added in. Like and they then Sixers kind of could need him, but um. No, in general, I think they probably just had a hierarchy, and and Seth had to be on the top of it because they know what the deficiency is. The deficiency is three point shooting, and right. with a creator like Harden, like Seth is like a little less important probably at that point, especially when you have like so much ISO and you're gonna have two guys who are just gonna take all the shots now. And so, mm-hmm. like in the short term, Curry is probably just more important for the Sixers. But um, hey, real quick, by so the now, way, uh, as we record yeah. this, the Sixers are losing by 47 to the Celtics. Um, <laughs> Doesn't hurt to have that happen. That's what they call a cherry on top, friends, and and not insignificant. 49. I was thinking about this short again. About, <laughs> about the about the mechanics of the playoffs and just trying to keep everybody in that pack, right? Win win a couple of games here, start to get everybody integrated, and Seth Curry and and Drummond to that end can be guys that can get you some wins you otherwise weren't going to get until you got KD back, let alone adding Ben Simmons. But uh, quickly on the Drummond piece, he's added into this trade, and then it came out. Uh, Zach Lowe first reported it that the Brooklyn Nets had pursued a trade with the Toronto Raptors that would have sent Nicholas Claxton to the Raptors in return for a first-round pick and said that there were uh, multiple teams, at least two, who were very close to a deal with Brooklyn receiving a protected first-round pick, uh, but ultimately they were unable to get there and even said, um, I'm just taking a look here at the follow-up, part of the James Harden swap, there were some some other talks about pieces that were being asked for by the Philadelphia 76ers around an Aldrich, a Griffin, a Dayron Sharp, as far as like just other bodies that teams were asking about and seeing what was possible. Does it matter that they weren't able to move Claxton? Because the first thing you thought when Drummond came in was, so let's reset these rotations. Drummond's going to have a role. LaMarcus Aldridge is going to have his role. And then you think about going small, and we know that Simmons is a very oversized point guard. So you have all these different versatile pieces. Does it matter that they weren't able to move him now? Will they still be able to pursue something you think and accomplish it in the offseason, knowing that it would be a sign-and-trade where there's going to be a bigger price tag associated with Claxton? I mean, the only problem with not losing, not trading him there is that you created this other cascading problem where they had to cut Bembry, right? And so, like, because when you bring in three players for two players um, with a full roster already, they just had, they were one over roster limit. And so that's why we saw Bembry have to, have to go. And so, like, the, that's where, the, that's where the, the part where Claxton, if you're unsure about what his future for your team is going to be, he's definitely, like, buried in the short term, probably, in terms of some of these mm-hmm. rotations. And so at that point, like getting a protected first round pick from a team that's probably going to be kind of good for a while. So the pick's going to be pretty low. Even at that point, like, because, because what ended up happening is they lose Bembry. They, they can't, they have to cut a guy. They, and they, so they cut a guy probably just based on the money piece with Bembry. And that's the end of that. So, there was this other part where, like, if you add that piece into the not getting in for the first round pick, I think it probably is a little bit of a loss because now you have a redundant piece that you really can't play. You're, it's going to be very difficult to develop him now, um, based mm-hmm. on like how this team is going to is going to look probably for the rest of the season, and then you're going to have to make a decision about paying him. And so that's the only part when, when I heard that I was like, oh, that kind of stinks because I think that we probably could have been all right with that, and we probably wouldn't have done the Bembry math on it in the moment. Right, because we wouldn't have said, "Oh, they were going to need to cut a guy." Because you're like, "Oh, right." But then, but if you are able to put those pieces all together at the end and say, "Hey, one of these guys was also going to have to go because they have a lopsided roster now," 
um, or a too big of a roster. That's the part where it ends up looking bad. So when I heard that, I was like, ah, oh, that probably would have been fair value for where Claxton is right now. Um, and yeah, I, I guess it's a shame that it didn't happen. I don't think it's like the end of the world though. No, and I, and I think too, it's interesting the buyout market. I saw some fans are you know hoping on a Dragic, uh, you know, signing for the Nets. I, I said there's too many teams I think are going to be competing for him. But if the Nets end up bringing in a couple of buyout market guys, and you have to cut a Javon Carter or a James Johnson or whatever the case may be, if the Nets have to start cutting a couple more roster spots, then I think it also softens this blow about around Bembry and if Claxton had been moved because it is just a numbers game at a certain point. And fortunately or unfortunately, both Dayron Sharp. And Cam Thomas, they can't. You can't do anything with them right now. Kessler Edwards has been yet to be extended for the full remainder of the season, so there was a lack of flexibility around some of the young players that you were maybe forced to utilize far more than you anticipated over the course of the year. That gave Sean Marks some difficulty there. End of the day, it all worked out. It feels like for the Brooklyn Nets, the press conference confirms that, and we look forward to hopefully winning a, a couple of games here before the All Star break, and really. Getting the Nets, I think, back on the strong foot. We said it last episode. This feels like a fresh start. It feels like this is a 25 to 30 game season now for Brooklyn, and hopefully it gets off to a better run here uh, than it ended on in the Harden's tenure. Yeah, look, they get the Knicks here on Wednesday. When you hear this, it's Wednesday. Um, they're going to play the Knicks. Um, Knicks have lost their last two. They're currently 12th in the East. Their season's been a disaster. Based on what happened last game, we know they don't have Kyrie. You would like another win out of this one. Like, I think yes. that the expectation now after this Kings one is like, okay, this is a team that can at least, you know, stick with other NBA teams, whatever you think of the Kings. Like, they they are trying. They're trying. <laughs> like, they, they would love to make the playing game. That would be, like, their championship. And so, mm-hmm. um, like, you would hope that the Knicks – you would hope that you can hang with the Knicks team that's really, really had a struggle this year. And so, this is the other part where – that trade, and we'll get out of here in a second, but that trade... I think there's some good matchups in this game to make Julius Randle look bad in this particular game. I think the Nets can make him look bad and, in effect, give themselves a real good chance to get Yeah, they have a chance here. Like, this is a team... That's what we saw with the Kings. Like, this is a team that can hang with a team like the Knicks. Like, I, I'm not saying they can go hang with the Suns, you know, for, for you know, all 48, but um, this Knicks, the Knicks team, for sure. So, um, you'd like to be able to grab another win. Any one of these games you can get a win without Kyrie or KD is a total, a total W. And after just reeling off the 11 in a row, like, scraping back a couple of these in winnable moments would really... Uh, <laughs> you'd really like to see it. Okay. Uh, head over to YouTube. If you look over at YouTube right now, the numbers went Good absolutely Lord. bonkers today. Like easily our most downloaded day. Um, I I just appreciate everyone that jumped on and listened and downloaded awesome. and liked and commented. Like Adam and I woke up this morning and saw the numbers climbing and we're just floored throughout the day. Like, I mean, three times our biggest one pushing again. Like we're gonna now like forget a thousand subscribers. Now we're just now I got two thousand in my site. So go be part of that so movement over there. Podcast numbers amazing too. I only say this to say it's like not bragging. It's like it is what it is. But it's just like we're so grateful for everyone who's jumped in, listened, commented, had a nice word to say, liked the tweet, liked the podcast, whatever. Like the numbers have just been way more than we've expected, and we're really appreciative. So uh, subscribe to the podcast, like and subscribe over on YouTube. We're not here without you guys, so really do appreciate it. And, of course, worrying about losing it keeps you winning. That's Keanu Reeves, my friends. Oh, my gosh. One of the all-time great poets. Oh, let's go watch The Matrix tonight. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.